Warning, this show may be highly arousing and distracting. Listener discretion advised. Get ready to get titillated while being educated. Join the queen of fetish as I lead you into the world of sexuality while exploring outer limits of fetish, BDSM, and the sex trade industry. I'm your host, Wicked Ashley. In this episode, we explore the fascinating world of macrophilia and microphilia fetishes. We'll delve into the concepts of giants, shrinking, and related scenarios, always within a framework of safety, consent, and respect. It's important to note that all themes discussed involve adults age 18 or older. The internet has unlocked a world of possibilities connecting people with shared passions in ways never before imagined. The vibrant communities surrounding macrophilia and microphilia are a testament to this global exchange of ideals. Today on Wicked Action, we welcome Fragon, a content creator and enthusiast within the fascinating world. Welcome to the Wicked Ashton podcast. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. Let's start off with the basic question. What is macrophilia and microphilia? It's so they're essentially the same kind of kink. It's just more of a depending on how you view it. One is going to be more growth based. So like your attack of the 50 foot woman, while one is going to be more shrinking based, like honey, I shrunk the kids. And that's taken to a more triple X kind of viewpoint because it is obviously a fetish. So I've kind of carved out my own little place in this kink because I'm a part of it. Okay. And is there any type of themes that are involved in this fetish? Plenty of power dynamics are seen, although it does have its gentle side as well. Basically, a lot of people will take kinks they already have, like feet, uh, sweat, ass, tits, what have you, and then just kind of incorporate it into this other kink that they also have. So like if you are into feet, but you're also into this, you may take a normal foot massage and put yourself at maybe an inch tall instead to where it's more of a monumental task to complete that foot massage. Okay. And the earliest account I can find of growing and shrinking in somatic history that I think you would have seen growing up is Alice in Wonderland by Disney. Starting in the late 80s and into the early 90s, released more films with shrinking and growing themes. One you mentioned, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Do you think that Disney could have had an influence on this? I don't even think it was just Disney in general. I, I think it was more TV in general because Disney had their things going on. Nickelodeon had theirs. Cartoon Network had theirs. It seemed like in the kind of early 2000s, uh, late 90s, almost every show at some point had a shrinking episode at one point or another, or there was an entire show dedicated to shrinking. Like I remember there was this one kid show where the it was like kind of a Tom Thumb sized kid kind of going throughout those like standard kid show adventures with his like normal sized friend. I forget what the name of that show was called though. Yeah. I can't remember the name of that show either, but I think I know what you're talking about. When did you first realize that you were into giantess and shrinking? I, I kind of realized it around the time I hit puberty and I kind of realized it through different kind of moments like a shrinking episode of Ed and Eddie where I think it was like the canker sisters in that show grew to be giants terrorizing the town in one of the Ed's nightmares um, was kind of I think the real moment I kind of knew okay I like this sort of thing but without actually being able to know 
what it is or why I liked it. The first time I've actually consumed Giantess-specific adult content was... I, I was into Selena Gomez, and I still am. Like, she was kind of like one of my big celebrity crushes. And so I was just looking for pictures of her, and I just kind of stumbled across her like it was either I stumbled across her giant or I just randomly had the itch to look up just her giant and I found these pictures of her like giant on a beach or walking along a beach side that I remember vividly and I was just kind of hooked from then. Now I know you make content would you like to tell me more about what kind of content you make? I make Photoshop images on like this like free Photoshop adjacent website. So it's not the actual Adobe, but that's neither here nor there. And I've been doing it for about 10 years because while I was seeing a lot of things I did like, I wasn't necessarily seeing everything I liked. So what I did is I took the saying, be the change you want to see in the world and kind of warped it to my own purpose of make the porn you want to see in the world. So I took that and uh, taught myself how to basically do Photoshop from the ground up. And do you do just images or is it like a book? all over the place like i've done a few stories but i mainly do images because images are easier for me to do like i love telling stories but i hate writing so i kind of stick with images and then maybe i'll have a friend write a story for it for me and they'll go in and edit it to fit more how i viewed the narrative of the picture going what kind of mindset do you get into when you start on a project like as far as like my inspiration for a project goes or like how some people have to like psych themselves up to do something. I would say psych yourself up. Um, what's, what do you usually do before you, when you sit down and work on a project? I try to just work on it. Like see it more as not so much like a chore because then that kind of puts a negative spin on it, but just something that kind of like take off my list. Like if I have an idea and I've been maybe procrastinating to do it, I'll just sit down and be like, okay, I need to get this done. This is who I need to get it done for, or I need to get this done for myself. Just to, you know, get it off my plate. That's kind of the best mentality I can kind of go into it with. That's a good one to have. That's one I need to work on. I get in the habit of thinking of something as a chore and then putting it off to the last minute. Yeah. Where do you draw your inspiration from? Honestly, everywhere. <laughs> um, I, I believe I mentioned it. I believe I said earlier that I would pull like my inspiration from the Justice League game because there was a lot of like Harley Quinn stuff going on there that I liked. So I'll pull inspiration from that. I'll pull inspiration from Starship Troopers because now I want to make some like Denise Richards pictures. Basically, I'll just kind of see something or I'll scroll through Reddit and see something and an idea will just kind of click in my head and I'll either write it down or I'll just remember it and then go make that into a picture or as close to what I was imagining as I can. So really inspiration just kind of comes from everywhere, whether it be certain situations or just certain women looking beautiful in certain ways. Yeah, I was looking at some of your artwork and I recognize some of the actresses. So what are your favorite actresses that you like to use in your projects? Selena Gomez, Emma Watson, Natalie Portman. Those are kind of like the big three that I'll go to. I did some Taylor Swift after the Super Bowl because I lost a bet. <laughs> So it's like, yeah, if they're more popular, I'll kind of gravitate towards them. Or if I have a specific kind of attraction to them, I'll gravitate towards them. Like Natalie Portman, I just cannot resist her as Padme. 
so yeah, just those are kind of like my big three, but I'll, I've used so many different actresses that it's kind of hard to keep a consistent top 10. I can understand that. Now, which which one was your favorite project? For my favorite project, probably the series I do called Family Masters. Do you have any future projects in the works? Um. So yeah, I've got like so I've got a few long-term projects that I'm still kind of working on, like the in-universe magazine that I've been working on. I'm still continuing Family Masters. Giantess Park is one I'm still continuing. I just kind of need to get back into the swing of working on long-term projects. Here's a question off the top of my head. Um, do you ever plan on releasing your projects like for the public? Oh, definitely. These long-term projects, I, I, I definitely want to release them. I don't, if it's like this much effort to put into it, I don't want that to just be for, so like five people who probably helped me make it can see it. I want to actually put that back out there. And I feel like maybe once that project is done will be the kind of cause for my reemergence. So I was looking at clips for sale yesterday doing some research and I saw a whole bunch of clips that people do for this fetish. Do you think giantess has men being eaten? Is that like a big thing when it comes to this fetish? It's definitely a strong aspect of it is the war, but it's not necessarily the biggest thing that's associated with it. Like you'll more likely to see uh, giants and giantesses in the vor scene than you are to see vor in the giant in giantess scene. If that makes any sense. What do you think is the biggest aspect to this fetish? Mostly power dynamics. So it's kind of the whole BDSM thing of control and surrender, but taken to a more literal sense. Like you may want to feel small if you go see a dominatrix or dominant. I'm not sure what the male term for dominatrix is, honestly. And this would kind of let you experience it on a more literal level where you are sizes will range, but I typically like to be around an inch or two tall, kind of like a Lego minifigure. So when you're that small, no matter how much power you wouldn't have in a normal situation, when you've had that size taken from you, you are completely at the whim of whoever the big in the situation is. Um, one thing I'm curious about is, I know me as a mistress, I find a lot of the clients that come to me are kind of like CEOs, people who have to be really powerful in their careers or powerful in their life. Do you think that's the type who, where it's just someone who comes because they want to give up control, they want to feel like someone has more control over what they can do, how big they are, how little they are, things like that? Oh, that definitely has parts to do with it, but I don't think it's going to apply to everyone who is a part of it. Like just because you're someone who's powerful or tall or typically someone who has the control of the room that they're in is going to be the submissive in the situation. Sometimes they like to amplify that feeling and become the giant. Like I like having, not me as an I, but 
like I like having all this uh, power normally I'm going to kind of stroke my own ego and become this 50 foot giant rampaging through a city doing whatever I want because nobody can stop me myself personally I'm I'd say fairly tall for someone like me and I like being smaller but I've typically don't have much power outside of my own height and physical strength now, diving deeper, how has this fetish of height influenced your views of women in your real life? Do you prefer women that are taller than you? I definitely do prefer women that are taller than me, but in the end, it doesn't really matter whether they're taller or shorter. And then as far as like my views, I've definitely taken a more kind of submissive leaning towards a lot of my engagements. Like I'm not like trying to, you know, go like full like bedroom sub or anything like that. But like I've always kind of gravitated towards having female friends more. I've always kind of gravitated towards just kind of go with the flow, that kind of stuff. Awesome. And of course, question that most women are going to want to know, what would be your ideal woman? That's a question like friends have asked me before. And again, like the consistent top 10 It's hard to kind of have an ideal woman because like I basically the way my brain works is if I find them beautiful, I find them beautiful. If not, oh well. So like hair color doesn't matter. I prefer the taller side. I like skinny with a nice ass. Just kind of basics like that. Nice feet because the kind of deal breakers for me are face and feet mainly. It's weird, but that's just kind of how my brain operates. Hey, you know what you like and you go for it. Yeah, I'm just trying not to come off as that kind of guy who's like, I I have this whole checklist of things you need to meet before anything like that, like that I'll see like on Tinder. Yeah, you don't come off as a guy like that. I I mean, everyone has reason to be picky. Me, I like tall guys. Of course, I'm so short in life. I need a tall person to reach those shelves. Yeah. What do you think our listeners need to know when it comes to this fetish? Don't be afraid of it. I mean, it's going to be strange and you're going to have moments. This is if like you you think you might be into this as well. Like there might be moments where you kind of feel maybe a little shame or confusion at why you like it. But don't worry about it. Just it's not hurting anyone. It's nothing nefarious. All you like is either being big or small. There's nothing really new going on that hasn't been kind of a recurring theme in power dynamic stuff for as long as it's been a thing. And where can our listeners go to find more information on macrophilia and microphilia? Honestly, if you just look at different images, you'll kind of go down the rabbit holes of the art people make, the stories people write, videos people will make in like 3D rendering software, or you can just kind of Google the terms and go for like the dictionary definitions to kind of gain more of a library understanding of it. Kind of the best way to understand this niche of a kink is to just experience it. Even if it's, if you're curious and it may not be your thing, just kind of see why maybe some people are into it if you're actually that curious about it. Definitely learned a lot. Um, definitely will have to look more into the fetish because I think it's, it's, I like to learn about new things and you've gave me a lot to think about. So thank you for that. 
Yeah, and I've sent you some examples of my work if you wanted to take a look at that. And... Definitely. Um, well, I'm very thankful that you came onto the show. It was a very fascinating conversation. We've gained a deeper understanding of the creativity and passion within the macrophilia and microphilia communities. Now, whether these fetishes intrigue you or remain outside of your realm of experience, it's always important to approach every niche with respect and a desire to learn. Definitely a huge thank you to you. Um, I learned a lot. I'm, I'm sure my listeners learned a lot. If anyone would like to reach out, um, Fragon's email is fragonsfanmail at gmail.com. We're going to have it posted in the show's description. Is there anything you would like to say? Any final thoughts? Anything that you think our listeners need to know or need to know more of? As far as this kink is concerned, just kind of accept who you are if you're into it or accept others if they are into it but it's not your thing and as far as the like self-determination of kind of me being self-taught in my photoshop skills just don't be afraid to try new things even if you think you might not be good at it i've seen myself go from why did i make that to wow i made that so you never know what you'll be capable of yes and like I like to tell most of my listeners, if you have questions or want to learn more about it, don't be afraid to ask because you're not going to learn until you do. Yeah. And that's why I provided the fan mail email so people can ask me questions or come to me if they want help with kind of starting up their own venture. I guess that's the word to say, because I don't know what medium they may use. Okay. Well, once again, thank you so much for being on our show. Um, I hope everyone learned as much from you as I did. I definitely know that I'm going to be doing a lot more research on this subject. Yeah, if you have any more questions, feel free to reach out to me. And thank you for having me on the show. I definitely will. Thank you so much once again. And as always, if you'd like to learn more about me as a mistress, visit wickedashland.com. There you can find the kinks and fetishes I support, how to call me, the games we can play together, and my favorite part, the ways you can spoil me. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe to this podcast. And of course, as always, keep wicked.